One day, the metaverse will help students learn about the rings of Saturn, allowing them to get up close to the planets and gain a deeper understanding of how our solar system works. The metaverse may be virtual, but the impact will be real. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. You're listening to the Pharmacy Podcast Network. Welcome to the Future of Pharmacy podcast, featuring the innovators transforming medication management. The Future of Pharmacy podcast is brought to you by OmniCell. Now here's our host, Ken Perez. Welcome to the Future of Pharmacy podcast. I'm Ken Perez, OmniCell Vice President of Healthcare Policy and Government Affairs, and I'm your host. Thank you so much for joining us. Reliance on manual processes and siloed technology and pharmacy operations are among the greatest obstacles facing healthcare systems today. Furthermore, there are no standard benchmarks available to guide pharmacy leaders in their quest to compare performance. On today's podcast, we'll learn how health system pharmacy leaders at Baptist Health are using a free self-assessment tool to determine their current level of medication management. The tool was created by the Autonomous Pharmacy Advisory Board and measures five key dimensions, safety, efficiency, regulatory compliance, financial performance, and human resource management. Our guests will also share how they're using the self-assessment results as a strategic tool to chart a path to achieving a fully autonomous pharmacy. Joining me today are Nilesh Desai, Chief Pharmacy Officer at Baptist Health. Welcome to the program, Nilesh. Pleasure to join you today, Ken. And we also have Michael Anderson, Director of Pharmacy Services at Baptist Health Lexington. Mike, thanks for joining us. Thank you, Ken. Glad to be here. So, Nilesh, to get us started, please provide for our audience a brief overview of Baptist Health and the pharmacy services that you provide. Sure, Ken. So, Baptist Health, it's a nine-hospital system in Kentucky and Indiana. We have over 10 retail pharmacies plus uh, 300-plus clinics that we serve. We have a mix of different patient populations that we serve across the state of Kentucky, which I think we cover about 74% of the state of Kentucky, and then one hospital up in the southern Indiana side. So definitely a very busy system as the organization grows and develops into something special, at least from my perspective. So, Thanks, Nilesh. And Mike, can you tell us about Baptist Health Lexington and the pharmacy services that your organization provides? Sure. We're a 434-bed hospital in Lexington, Kentucky, part of the Baptist system. Fairly large referral base for central and eastern Kentucky. And we see just about every disease state, probably with the exception of transplant and trauma. Major service lines are oncology, cardiology, and women's services. We deliver about 4,000 babies per year. The pharmacy department itself, our staff, is comprised of about 95 individuals. We have satellites in the OR and the ICU. And on the ambulatory space, we're really trying to to increase our footprint there. And uh, we have an anticoagulation clinic. We have MTM clinics in oral chemo, neurology, and a heart and valve center. We have two off-site outpatient infusion centers, as well as a retail pharmacy. We have a, a PGY-1 program where we have six residents per year. In our distribution model, we moved from a centralized model in 2016 to a decentralized model today. We actually had the first robot in the state of Kentucky, which we decommissioned in December of 16. 
and we've moved to more unit-based cabinet distribution model with decentralized pharmacists on pretty much all the medical units. And that's worked out very well for us. Well, you've got a great range of uh, services and a lot of work you've done. That's fantastic. So Nilesh, it's clear that you, Mike, and your leadership team are thinking strategically about the future of pharmacy. Uh-huh. And yet, like other chief pharmacy officers, you're facing some of the same common persistent challenges that we faced 20 years ago. Talk about some of those challenges and the implications for your pharmacy and clinical teams. Ken, while some of the basic pharmacy stuff that we continue to encounter those issues, such as medication variances, you know, rising drug costs, trying to maintain them if possible, drug shortages still continue to be a problem. Yeah, and, and then, you know, on the flip side, how do we grow the pharmacy service line? How do we make pharmacy an enterprise that is going to generate revenue? And that is going to help patient care and its quality and its safety so that we as pharmacists now can manage the medication portion of it. So that the focus now is going to be more on growing the specialty pharmacy and uh, the mail order infrastructure, centralize our operations. Some of these uh, are going to be the new growth strategies that we're going to be looking at and become more efficient. System integration, make you know become more technologically savvy as a system. So uh, these are some of the big focus points right now. And and then continue to work on the other basic issues are the issues that we face today. Resources are always going to be tight. Clinician burnout is continues to be an issue. And then, you know, you have the uh, number one issue, compliance. You have all these board of pharmacies, the DEAs, the FDAs, and everybody that we have to deal with. So uh, how do we, you know, be compliant at all times and stay on top of these ever-changing regulations? It's, it's always a challenge, but I think at the same token, it gives us a good preview of uh, where the direction as a system we're going into. And Mike, maybe you could share some examples from Baptist Lexington. Yeah, sure. I think Nilesh certainly has, has gone through the litany of, you know, the issues that we face today as a profession. You know, from my perspective, I think medication safety is a key. Medication use is, has inherent risk. And the last thing you want is a patient to be harmed. So, and I think at the fundamental level, one of the biggest challenges that we face is medication reconciliation. I mean, when a patient comes into the hospital, when they change levels of care, when they're discharged, all of those transition points represent an opportunity for an error to occur. And, and just getting that absolute source of truth of a home med list, while it sounds simple, I'm sure every pharmacist in the audience can relate to the fact that it's a very complicated thing to do. You have folks going to multiple pharmacies, seeing multiple providers, they may have samples on board, just any number of issues there that can really cloud uh, the picture. So uh, I think just at a fundamental level, even something that is seemingly that simple can really become a problem that can potentially follow a patient throughout that mission, even at discharge. Thanks for that. You're listening to the Future of Pharmacy podcast. I'm your host, Ken Perez, joined today by Nilesh Desai and Mike Anderson of Baptist Health. Also, a reminder to our audience, be sure to register for Illuminate, OmniCell's three-day virtual education event. Illuminate features pharmacy leaders like Nilesh and Mike sharing strategies on how they leverage pharmacy technology and best practices to improve outcomes. Illuminate is going to run October 5th through 7th. Log on to Omnicell.com to learn more. Now back to our program. Nilesh and Mike, you're both very familiar with the concept of the autonomous pharmacy. For our audience members who may not be quite as familiar, let me give a brief overview. 
The autonomous pharmacy means applying connected automation and integrated data intelligence throughout the medication use and care delivery process so that pharmacists are relieved from doing manual work and are able to work at the top of their license. There's a five-level framework to help hospitals and health systems measure their progress and plan their next steps to advance toward the autonomous pharmacy. The framework is organized across five dimensions, safety, financials, efficiency, compliance, and people. Now, Nilesh, when you think of the autonomous pharmacy, how would you apply those concepts at the health system level? So one thing that I think about autonomous pharmacy, and, and let me just connect the dots, is having robust technologies that are, you know, number one for me is safety, because safety of our patients, safety of our uh, staff is the key. And then once we have the safety taken care of and in a more reasonable, connected manner across the system, not only individually at each of the hospitals. And then, you know, how do you become operationally efficient? And all the data that is generated, we have a lot of data, right? So how do we generate data? How do we review data? How do we say, okay, this is going to work, this is not going to work, and then make some intelligent decisions based on it. And then obviously compliance is the key because we need to comply with all the regulations that are out there. And then, you know, when you take care of safety, efficiency, financials are almost taken care of because you know that you're going to be operating in such an efficient manner. I would say that technology, uh, autonomous pharmacy is a key, but we have a lot of work to be done in that front. And then one example that I can give you is today, a good number of sites, you know, I can tell you what inventory visibility is out there. But in some fronts, I can't even tell you the entire visibility of inventory that's out there completely so that I can say, okay, here's here's our inventory levels, here's our budget, here's what we're talking about. So this is something we're looking at in a larger perspective that how can we connect it? And, and this is one of the reasons why we're you know going after building a consolidated service center where we can pull things together and then we can become more efficient, not only operationally, but also financially. And then having the data visible for us, not only for myself, but all my pharmacy directors across all the hospitals, if they want to borrow something, you know, if they want to see, hey, which hospital has this one, it's just that it makes it simple enough for our staff to handle things. So that's, I would say that's probably one of the things I would look at from an autonomous pharmacy. But you need to have a good data infrastructure in place to make those things happen. Thanks for that, Nilesh. And, you know, there's a saying about the autonomous pharmacy that it it has this idea that every dose of medication is a node on the network. Mike, I want to know, uh, get your thoughts on this, on what Nilesh shared, as well as that concept. Sure. You know, in in backing up, maybe to piggyback on Nilesh, I mean, when you think safety, financials, efficiency, compliance, and people, I don't know really of a group that can be more positively affecting patient safety in a hospital than pharmacists. And to me, the key is to free them up and get them in position to use their skill set. So I think it's very important on the people side that we get people functioning at the top of the license to the extent that we can. I mean, we put a lot of emphasis on the hiring process, team building, and really trying to create the strongest department that we can in terms of skill set and talent. And we're big fans of uh, Patrick Lencioni and the ideal team player. Uh, and, and his premise is you look for three things. You look for humble, hungry, and smart. And by smart, he means obviously people skills. So the key after you get that great team assembled is to free them up to let them do their job 
and let's take care of patients. In terms of the concept of the node, I think the ability to track a dose through the system would be fantastic. I mean, if you look at track and trace, you look at drug shortages, you look at you know, all of those things, analytics. I, I think if there's one thing that, that COVID taught us, it was just how quickly things can change and how hard it is to communicate that change across the scope of your practice. So the more information we can get that is timely and accurate, certainly the better decisions we'll be able to make. Well, thanks for that. You're listening to the Future of Pharmacy podcast. I'm your host, Ken Paris, joined today by Mike Anderson and Nilesh Desai of Baptist Health. Now let's turn now to the autonomous pharmacy self-assessment. Nilesh, you completed the self-assessment from a health system perspective. Mm-hmm. What do you look to gain from that experience? So I'm relatively new to Baptist. It's almost now I'm, I wouldn't call myself new, but I'm still 14 months into it. And one of the things that even though, you know, I've spoken with all the folks at all the different hospitals, one thing I wanted to do is take that self-assessment with a few of the folks and see, you know, where the gaps are from our system perspective and see that where we can focus on, there'll be a number of things that we're going to identify, but how can we prioritize? So that was the whole intent behind it is to do the self-assessment and then see things that we should be focusing on. And I have to say that by taking the self-assessment, at least it gave me an idea uh, where the system stands, where are our strong points, where are our weak points, our opportunities for improvement. And that is something as a team working with the pharmacy leadership uh, across all the different hospitals and the operational folks, we now have a different committees or uh, meetings that the folks are working on, on standardizing or building on new initiatives. So the assessment definitely, you know, from a health system perspective, definitely gave me gaps uh, of what hospitals, I, what, where I need to improve on and what, where are the strong hospitals. Maybe we could drill down a little bit on that, Nilesh, and uh, talk about the actual findings um, and share that uh, with our audience. When I did the survey, you know, we we scored very well in our IT infrastructure because we do have a very strong IT infrastructure at it. And then human activity, obviously, you know, we have a good amount of resources on that front. We we fairly scored in our data intelligence side of it because we do uh, have a good uh, database where we can, uh, we're able to bring data in and, and, and look at that overall enterprise structure. Some of the areas uh, for improvement that from an assessment perspective that highlighted for me was standardization of automation across all the different sites. Or for example, uh, you know, not having an IV robots or not having appropriate storage in the outpatient pharmacies or not having a standardized decentralized model such as Mike has at Lexington. So these are some of the strategies that we need to work towards so hopefully in the next few years, I think uh, that, that is something we'll be working towards. And, and then, you know, not to forget, having that overall central visibility of inventory and its management. So th- this is something we'll be definitely striving towards. Well, thanks for that. And then from a site-specific perspective, Mike, for Baptist Health Lexington, what were you looking to gain from the self-assessment? Who did you get involved in the process? And how long did it take to complete the self-assessment? Well, you know, the value to me was just having a framework for analysis. I, I thought that was very valuable. I involved folks from operations on the clinical side as well. Obviously, IT, our purchaser, you know, got several folks involved. It was not an onerous process at all. I mean, I probably completed it within an hour, I would think. But I, I think it was very good in that it did give us ideas of what we were doing well. And it gave us uh, certainly ideas of maybe where some of the gaps 
exist. And, you know, to Nalesh's point, I think on the IT side, I mean, having Epic, I think it's a great resource for us in terms of it being now in all nine hospitals. Our ninth went live this past weekend. That just gives everybody a common platform. And I think that's invaluable when you're looking at a system. So that was very positive. I think here in terms of our decentralized model and, and just the process, that was a strength. Our clinical activity certainly was a strength and, and you know, increasingly moving into the ambulatory space. Some challenges for us, again, coming back to MedRec, we just don't have a pharmacy-owned process. And to me, that's the ultimate solution if we can work to that. IV automation certainly is an opportunity for us. We do utilize Epic barcode scanning back there, but we still have some opportunities, I think, to get into gravimetrics and, and some things of that nature. And just managing shortages, you know, that's kind of the holy grail. We've been dealing with this for a long time and just finding better ways, more efficient ways to, to do that and even get more proactive in that information flow would really be a positive thing. Those are good learnings. So building on the points you just shared, were there any surprises or aha moments? And how are you using the findings for planning, budgeting and training purposes? I don't know that anything really was that surprising. I thought a lot of it was just more validation. I think it does give us a good framework in terms of looking into the future. And as uh, Nilesh mentioned, prioritizing what we want to work on first, maybe what we want to put more in the mid-range. So I, I think that exercise certainly gave us a better idea of maybe the order in which we should attack some of these, some of these issues. Nilesh, how do you use the self-assessment for strategic planning? Sure. So when the results for our autonomous pharmacy self-assessment came out, uh, one thing from a system perspective, it did provide me with some strengths and weaknesses that we needed to work on as a system. So this really assisted in my strategic planning in creating that plan for the system. So working with all the directors at each of the hospitals, what we did is we sort of said, okay, here, here are the things we need to work on. How do we create that structure? How do we create it in different groups of committees or et cetera, so that you know, we can be efficient in solving the puzzle and become more efficient as a system? And Nilesh, how did you use the self-assessment to organize, structure, and equip your pharmacy team? So again, what we did is with the self-assessment results, we knew where our gaps were. So what, as a leadership team, we met and we created a different committee structure. So we had an operations group, we had an education and work competency group, we had a uh, policy and procedure group. We created a number of ambulatory pharmacy group. And the one example I can very clearly give you is the education and competency group. One of our managers from Mike's team at Lexington, he actually led the group. And what, what the goal was, each of the sites were training people, the new hires or you know, folks retraining on some of the efforts with Epic and OmniCell. What we did is if everybody spent X amount of hours you know, training the new people who come on board, there was a lot of time being wasted. And we said, if we can make the training virtual and centralized and everybody takes a turn on training, because there is always a method to training Epic and OmniCell, we centralized that entire process. The group worked on it and finally it got kicked off. And now one hospital takes turns every month and trains the new individuals. Now imagine how much time we saved. We standardized our training and we became more efficient. So that's one example I can give you on how self-assessments, the results they provide you, and then the strategic planning leads to results. And this is a very strong result for us. Now we're saving a lot of time and now we're focusing on other things. So Mike, Nilesh has spoken to the value of standardization for the health system. And how does that relate to your organization at Baptist Health Lexington? 
Well, that, that has certainly been an initiative over the past several months as we, we try to align the nine hospitals. And uh, it, it's, it can be a challenge. And, uh, but, but certainly there are benefits to be gained in terms of efficiencies. And one of the best aspects that we have found is sharing of best practices among the hospitals. Because certainly we all have different strengths and weaknesses. And if we can take the best of each of us and learn from one another, you know, just a lot of power in that capability. But I think the key is to use standardization when it makes sense and do it intelligently. And let's say we're going to get to the 100% level because that, that really isn't practical. And I think that last you know, 10 to 20%, a lot of times you lose more in trying to force than you gain. But I think as long as we do it intelligently and, and really try to mirror around the best practice concept, there's a lot of value there. I think assessment does provide you a roadmap, planning the roadmap out as a system leader to say, okay, here's the direction. This is what we need to do over the next few years or whatever the time frame is. And that also helps in you know capital planning, financial planning, everything else that comes with it. So definitely it's a good way of starting your action plan. And I think just having meaningful data that can be validated and then leveraging that to put people in a position to be successful. I mean, you want pharmacists in the places where they can make the most impact and not wasting their time doing non-value-added function. And I think we have a lot of data in our systems. How do we use the data more appropriately and smartly and build on it and become more efficient? So I think that is going to be the key. How do we use data? Everybody asks for reports and everybody asks for, oh, I want a dashboard, I want this, I want that. But how many times are you really looking at the data? How many times are you really deciding based on data? These are some of the things we have to start asking. There's a lot of data between Epic and OmniCell and all different systems that there are out there. There's a lot of data. But what are you doing with that data? I think that's going to be a big question for a lot of us. And, and making sure that it's a pure source and that it's accurate, it's really reflective of the problem you're trying to solve. I think benchmarking is always interesting as an exercise. I think it can be a positive thing. It could be a dangerous thing. I think a lot of times, you know, people, they see numbers on a, on a nice spreadsheet and all of a sudden that becomes the gospel. But I think you really have to be careful in terms of benchmarking, being sure it's a like-to-like -like comparison. And even subdividing that out, maybe, maybe you're going to do benchmarking, uh, just maybe sterile products, for example, versus the entire enterprise. So I think there's a lot of power there in terms of the ability to use benchmarking. But I think if it's not done with some thought, it can almost be a detriment if you allow it to be. So I, I think it has to be done thoughtfully to be effective. Well, that's all the time we have for today. I want to thank our expert guests from Baptist Health, Nilesh Desai, Chief Pharmacy Officer, and Michael Anderson, Director of Pharmacy Services for Baptist Health Lexington. And I'd like to thank you, our listening audience, for joining us today. Be sure to save the dates of October 5, 6, and 7 for OmniCell Illuminate 2021, the biggest digital event for inspired medication management. Join us for three days of continuing education, insights, demos, and more focused on transforming your medication management strategy. OmniCell Illuminate is 100% virtual and 100% free. Register today at omnicell-illuminate.com. For the Future of Pharmacy podcast and for OmniCell, I'm Ken Perez. Thanks for listening. This has been the Future of Pharmacy podcast. 
featuring the innovators transforming medication management. Until next time, don't get stuck in the clouds. The Future of Pharmacy podcast is brought to you by OmniCell. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.